Jody Smith, Land Commissioner for the Board of University and School Lands. Excellent. Thank you for joining us here today. Wanted to have you on to talk about a story that I saw in the Bismarck Tribune. Is uh, I believe they're the ones that uh, broke it originally, I guess, if that's the right way to say it. Uh, state agency, that would be the land the Department of Land Trust, sorry, you're the land commissioner, but it'd be the Department of Land Trust, that they, there's some unpaid nat- natural gas royalties from companies operating in the oil patch in North Dakota, uh, following North Dakota Supreme Court ruling last summer. Uh, what was that ruling, and where are we at right now with these unpaid natural gas royalties? Well, the ruling came out from the Supreme Court, and it's commonly referred to as the Newfield case. And so the litigation was brought against the board in March of 2018, kind of made its way through the district court and then up to the Supreme Court. Uh, We argued our case in June of 19, and the court issued their ruling in July of 19. Uh, They then remanded the case down to district court for interpretation and kind of guide us on next steps. And so we've been waiting for the district court to kind of issue out uh, the interpretation of that ruling. And so the board just felt like it was in the best interest of these operators who are accruing interest every month to issue out a notification, just making them all aware of this ruling and giving them a formal kind of guideline or or format in which they can come into compliance with the state. We deal with about 80 gas operators, and I think it's really important um, to note that this is only for gas. It has nothing to do with oil. And so of those payers, We have about 40 of them who are out of compliance with the state. They have been notified that they're out of compliance with the state just via an audit that we've probably done over the past five years. Uh, We sent this notification out to all 80 operators just so that they would all understand kind of the process that we're going through right now. And we have been contacted this week by at least 20 of those payers um, trying to get into compliance with the state within the, the first 90 days. Also in the story, there was a paragraph about some meetings behind closed doors and had to do with um, the board-managed state-owned land and minerals for the benefit of public education. That was it. Uh, just the, is that normal, behind closed doors? It's just the fact that it was in the story kind of stood out to me a little bit. And then the benefit of the public education, talk about that too. Yeah, uh, every from time to time, we will go into executive session, so that's the behind closed doors, and typically we only do that when it is surrounding litigation. We are very much aware by issuing this letter and by requesting that these 40 payers get into compliance with the state that there may be additional litigation brought against the board um, for multitudes of reasons. Our hope and our goal that would be that those payers would see this as like a good faith effort to allow them to come into compliance. Uh, Historically, we've charged 12% penalty and an 18% interest. Um, My statutory authority only allows me to waive the penalty and to bring the interest down to prime plus 4%. And so that's kind of, if you look, go online and you look at our flow chart, that's really the first bucket. If you can get into compliance with us in the first 90 days, then, you know, we're actually bringing that down to that amount. We know some of those conversations that we were having, though, should be held private just pending current litigation. Um, We are in litigation with Continental. Um, And that lawsuit does involve gas, but it also involves oil. And so um, anytime we're talking about litigation and matters that may 
be brought forth to the courts, uh, we tend to hold those in executive session. And as far as it relates to the trust that we manage, you know, we manage over a, a dozen trusts for the state. Uh, most of those are educational trusts, uh, and those are their permanent funds. These funds go into an endowment, essentially, or that trust. We invest them prudently, and then we use the earnings off of those to pay for K through 12 education and also for our university systems. So most people don't realize that we have a fund for NDSU. We have a fund for the Bismarck State College. So when we're collecting these royalty payments, those don't go. That doesn't go into my general operating expenses here. That actually goes into those trusts and helps pay for education throughout the state of North Dakota. And this past year, uh, just for K through 12 education, we are going to be paying for over 14% of the cost of education for every pupil um, who goes to public school in the state of North Dakota, which is the greatest percentage in the United States, honestly, because um, we have benefited so much from the oil and gas industry, and then we have such a lower student population than some of our other peer states um, who are wealthy in fossil fuels. So we're, we're very blessed in that. And so we consider our, we really have a good partnership, honestly, with the, with the oil and gas industry, and we, we hope to continue that. Well, it's an ebb and flow, that's for sure. I mean, that's usually the way it works with government. Sometimes you're happy right. they're, they're there, and sometimes you're, you're not so happy. And, right. Um, I, I wanted to ask you about Ron Ness. I was reading the story in charge of the North Dakota Petroleum Council. I don't know if you've talked to him or if that's just the, the um, author of the story, Amy Sisk, who, who reached out to him. And uh, the, re the reason I ask is extremely high level of frustration was in, was in quotes. And, and his quote was, I would say they're absolutely disgusted and flabbergasted and extremely angry. So there's three things there. Um, Bismarck, small town. I know you both are in Bismarck. I don't know how often you guys, your paths cross or if he sent an email or anything along those lines. Have you been in talk with, with industry? Have you been in talk with, with Ron Ness? What, what is, what are they saying to you guys in terms of, uh, I guess I'm looking for more than disgusted, flabbergasted and, and extremely angry and to see if they're, they're in conversations with you or if, I guess, what, what is the root of it? Um, well, I, I am aware that um, the Petroleum Council, to some level, or some of their members, did reach out to each of our board members and had conversations with them prior to the board providing me this guidance. I did have a meeting with Mr. Ness probably two or three weeks ago, just letting him know that this, I kind of had an idea, I didn't know the specifics of the flowchart, but I had an idea of what it was going to entail. And so I met with him and Mr. Pelton and just asked them to, you know, to kind of notify um, all of their members and all the payers that we work with and ask them to start getting their information ready because, uh, you know, when we did ask for them to come into compliance, it would be time sensitive. And so they were aware we were having these conversations. Um, either Mr. Pelton or Mr. Ness were in the boardrooms whenever they were allowed to be, whenever it was held in open session. Um, and then after each board meeting, you know, I usually stand with Mr. Pelton and have just a very brief conversation um, to whatever degree I can. Typically when it's in executive session, I'm kind of bound by the confines of executive session and not able to share what's going on in there. Um, but the board did give me directive on a couple of occasions. Um, I am aware that uh, Mr. Ness actually contacted the Attorney General the Attorney General also provided him guidance that this would be coming, kind of a minimum of what we would be looking at and to really start preparing those, those payers. So um, of those, those operators that have gotten in contact with the department, we have some who are um, expressing gratitude to us 
just because we were able to get into a position where we could waive the penalties and we could drop that interest rate down as low as we're legally able to do. And so I'm not sure where he's getting the disgusted and flabbergasted and shocked from um, because this has been going on since I think it was the end of October, perhaps it was November. We've had multiple board meetings. It's always on the agenda. This is a discussion item that's coming. Um, and we have been in discussions with our office that, you know, there would be a rubric or flow chart of some sort, you know, in an attempt to get these uh, payers into compliance with the state. So, Well, that's what I was wondering. I mean, if this has been over a year ago, my guess is that, you know, there there had been some things leading up to, to this. And right. um, was that Brady Pelton, by the way, that you named? Yes, sir. Oh, yes, sure. Sir. Okay. That's right. I forgot he was with the Petroleum Council. Yeah, he He's is. been there for a few years. Jeez, man. It's he been... has, yeah. I think he's been there since I've been here, and I've been in this role for two and a half years. Okay, so. yeah. All right. I know he's, he's with the uh, oil and gas producing counties, I think, before that, or something along those lines. Some Something to do with uh, the, the local side of things. But uh, look at me. I digress here a little bit. That's and, okay. And, I tend to do that as well. Um, just asking, uh, I guess, one, one more question just off the top of my head. Um, we do cover minerals from time to time, and I know some... Some states and some areas, they, they pay if the mineral has been flared and some if there's not. Is, is there anything that uh, involves like the, the mineral owners themselves or is this just the um, oil and gas producers? Do you know what I mean by that question? How there's, you know, there's... I think so, because um, we, we receive a lot of calls in our department from the private mineral owners. Um, and this is specific just to state leases. Okay. It has nothing to do with the private mineral owner. Um, and the reason for that is our lease. And our lease, um, some provisions with our lease, particularly this one about paying royalties and being able to take deductions, um, it has been in place since 1979. And it has never changed since 1979. So we have communications with a lot of these operators dating back into the 80s notifying them that they're not allowed to take deductions um, for, the, for the production of gas. And so uh, it, it won't relate just to the mineral owners. You know, we have a gross production, um, and we should be paid on gross production with an arm's length transaction, and that's kind of the key there. So there is a little bit of a difference because some of the other states just have different contractual terms, and really that's what this, this lawsuit came down to when it went up to the Supreme Court, that there is clearly a difference between gross and net. And so since our, our lease says gross, then we should be paid on gross. And again, you know, when I say we be paid, it's, it's really every single school in the state of North Dakota should be paid for gross production because every single school in the state benefits from the funds that we bring in. And so, you know, I know there's been a, a, a lot of look on our board and the decisions that they've made, but they, they truly have a fiduciary responsibility to protect the assets of these trusts and ensure that we have the most viable system to support education in the state of North Dakota. So just to kind of summarize here and to make sure I'm following this, um, mm -hmm. is, is this a done deal now? Is there any appeals after this? Or as far as the state's concerned, they, you've put the letters out and you're fully anticipating that the oil companies uh, respond accordingly to the letter? I fully hope they respond accordingly to the letter. Sure, that. that's what I'm wondering. Like, like, what, what's, what, at, the, at the end of the day, the bottom line, what are we looking at here? Because is is it uh, is this just another step, or because usually when the Supreme Court's involved, that's usually it, isn't it? That's it. I mean, they made, they issued a ruling. Um, there was a request 
that there was a petition for a rehearing by Newfield um, to reevaluate the case in July, and the Supreme Court declined to rehear the case. And so they have made their decision, and so we're here to try to implement this decision. And a lot of people say, how did you come up with this rubric? How did you come up with these decisions? You know, I really go back to the law. The law really guides us and provides me with those boundaries and those guardrails on how low I can pull the interest. Um, it guides me in how far back I can go. Um, and so it's not that we're sitting in the land board is kind of making these decisions up. Um, we're reviewing the law and we're going back decades so that we can understand legislative intent and, you know, and how do we move forward. You know, this this case was case law for the nation. There are a lot of other states that are really looking at this um, because my my peer agencies across other states, you know, have indicated to me that they, there are some additional concerns in their states. And so my hope is that, you know, through this, you know, we kind of work through this. And again, we're I'm in a relationship with the oil and gas industry, which is like every relationship, right? It has its ups and downs. And um, I certainly appreciate all of them that have gotten in contact with our department who have thanked us for this opportunity, you know, and I certainly appreciate all those payers who have been in compliance with the state for the past 40 years um, and that we've never actually issued an audit finding to. And many of them actually have reached out to us in the past week and said, hey, can you check our records one more time? Just make sure, you know, we've stayed in compliance with you. So, you know, this is just kind of one of those steps. Um, we do anticipate at the end of this, although I hope not, you know, of those 40, you know, there may be a couple that are in compliance with the state. And at that point, the board makes need to make the decision whether or not we enter into litigation. Since I've been here, um, we've not sued anyone. And I think that's important to remember. We didn't bring this lawsuit uh, to the Supreme Court. The operators did. And so I just think it came down with the decision that maybe they didn't prefer. And so our goal is just kind of work through that process and ensure that, you know, I'm firm but fair with everybody and I apply the same rules to everybody. So 